It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our series on the Dolphins roster concludes today with a look at the quarterback position and how the Dolphins quarterback room, specifically to Tonga Valoa and his cast, compared to the teams in which the Dolphins are scheduled to face this upcoming season here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And a special shout out to our everydayers who keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because we don't just say it, we live it. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Uh, the series that we've been working for about the past week is coming to a close today, and I saved quarterback for last because I know how everybody loves to get in a tizzy when talking about quarterback to a tongue of and the Dolphins passing offense and uh, quarterbacks in general. But there's a few other motivating factors for putting quarterbacks last in this series, and what we are doing is we are looking at the Dolphins and comparing that portion, a respective portion of their roster, against the teams that the Dolphins are scheduled to face this upcoming season. So the AFC East teams, twice. The NFC East teams, the AFC West teams, the Carolina Panthers as your second-place NFC South finisher, and the two other AFC second-place finishers, the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. The reasoning behind putting quarterbacks last is as much as we want to uh, put the quarterback front row center and make the acknowledgement that the quarterback is the defining component of your roster, the nuance of football and the complexity of football very clearly dictates that quarterbacks, just like every other position on the field, is codependent on a lot of other variables beyond the individual skill set of the player. So for the Dolphins, 
thinking about Tua Tagovailoa and his offensive supporting cast, the style of receivers that he had, the offensive system which the Dolphins tried to run with Brian Flores as the head coach of the team, the chemistry and the relationship between Tua and the, and the head coach himself, there's a lot of variables there that yielded a different player than what we saw last year in year one under Mike McDaniel. So by acknowledging the rest of the pieces around the player between his skill room and his offensive line and what he has defensively at his disposal, this is less about how physically gifted is the player. Because you could look at Tua Tungvalu and you can see that, you know, from a, a fundamentals standpoint and an accuracy and an anticipation standpoint, there's very high levels of quarterback play within the pocket. But he's not going to compare athletically to Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. He's not going to compare from an arm strength perspective to Justin Herbert. The good news is you don't need those things to play quarterback at an effective level at the NFL level if the rest of what is around you is properly skewed and geared towards your strengths. It's the equivalence of uh, an RPG video game, which some of you may be familiar with and some of you may not be familiar with. I haven't touched my consoles in about four years. They're sitting over here collecting dust. But you can choose to play the game in any number of different ways. And how you choose to play, there's varying degrees of margin for error of having success in playing the game. But the gear, or in this case the players, then the scheme that you choose to equip around your main character, aka the quarterback, is going to provide multipliers for success to allow your style of play to be more and more and more and more and more effective. I won't sit here and, and look you in the face and tell you Tua Tagovailoa is uh, one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. He's below average in height. He's below average in athleticism. I don't think he's particularly effective outside of the pocket unless it's on designed rollouts and nakeds and bootlegs, which is a key note. But he's one of the best RPO play action and ball handling quarterbacks in the NFL. He is one of the quickest releases. He is pinpoint accurate when he is on a, a firm base and he's able to work through his progressions on his base within the pocket. There are few quarterbacks who are more accurate, particularly within 20, 25 yards. Now, is he going to sit here with a pass rusher bearing down the A-gap and drive a dig route at 22 yards of depth on the numbers? No, not really. That, that He'll get that ball there, but it's not going to be with the velocity that you see other quarterbacks do. And again, it's kind of why I I don't dislike talking quarterbacks, but when your quarterback is so unique in the way that Tua Tungvalu is, there's a lot of fine print that's required to get proper context. And in my opinion, I think that's why Tua Tungvalu is such a polarizing player in the NFL sphere is because he doesn't look and play, and it's not just being left-handed, he doesn't look and play like how you would romanticize traditional pocket passing, but then he also doesn't have the athletic prowess as a pure athlete with the arm strength to push the ball to all levels of the field on extended plays when he's running around in the backfield that you do with some of the top-level quarterbacks in the game today. And that creates kind of this 
dissonance between what he does well and an appreciation of it. So I'll say this. We, we are putting the quarterbacks into buckets, right? And there's cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, so on and so forth. Um, but how you grade quarterbacks, I, I think, is a little different. And you can't treat them like any other position. So the way that our scoring process, and we're doing this for Locked On NFL Scouting, and we're finishing the 32nd team on Thursday as the New Orleans Saints. Tomorrow's the Arizona Cardinals. Today was uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So those are the last three teams that we have to do. We're putting all the players on all the teams into buckets. And we're grading well, based off of what buckets you're put into as a roster cornerstone, quality starter, adequate starter, uh, quality depth, replacement level player, incomplete evaluation, rookie, so on and so forth. You get points, unless you're a quarterback. And we're going to get to the end of the road with the quarterback, and we have 10 buckets to put the quarterbacks in and say, well, you're Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5, all the way down to Tier 10 amongst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And what we have assembled here, or what I have assembled, is the quarterbacks that are clearly a bucket below, or more below, or quarterbacks that are clearly a bucket higher than what the Dolphins have. And then we have the, the quarterbacks that lie in the same bucket as Miami. And, and it's, again, important to realize that this is not about how much margin for error do you have, because you'll have the durability question with Tua Tungvaloa, just like you'd have the durability question with Lamar Jackson right now, right? This is, it's not about how strong your arm is or how much of an athlete you are. This is more about the complete picture of all of the things that surround that player in addition to what that player is and what they do well. It is the sum of all the parts. And as much as we want to make it the other way around, it's not. It's really not, unless your name is Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes, especially last season with the departure of Tyreek Hill, here's a spoiler alert, he's the top quarterback for me. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. And it's because he has the ability to play within structure. He has the ability to play within outside of structure. He is a plus athlete to throw on the move. Uh, he has the arm strength and the arm fluidity to throw from all levels, uh, to all levels, from all angles, uh, the creativity that he has. And he transcended the scheme and the, the talent that he has because the team lost Tyreek Hill and he had one of his best seasons ever. When you do that, you are definitively the transcending quarterback. And if you're a transcending quarterback, you immediately go to the top of the list. That's the only dude in my mind that is a scheme transcendent player at the quarterback position. All of these other guys are a sum of all of the parts. So what we're going to do here today on the show is we're going to look at now that I got that off the ch my chest, those that are in the tiers below Tua and those that are in the tiers above Tua and talk about why they are in the tiers that they are in in comparison to what we obviously have spent a lot of time this offseason and the offseason prior talking about with Tua Tungvalo, who he is, why he is the way that he is and how the Dolphins have built around his strengths and why that sum in its totality is equal to or not equal to or greater than the 14 other quarterbacks the Dolphins are scheduled to face this upcoming season. That's next here on Locked on Dolphins. But before we get there, right now is the perfect time to take your bat and take some hacks. 
over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing. The Marlins are still hot, playing good ball right now. If you want to, you know, get in the game, FanDuel's the place to do it because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet with FanDuel does not hit. That is FanDuel's $1,000 in bonus bets back with a no-sweat first bet for new customers. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than FanDuel, so don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Here are the quarterbacks that I think the buckets that they fall into and the entirety of their situation, and some of these are incomplete evaluations because of either the player or the scheme that they're, they're going to be operating, I would not put in the same stratosphere. I, I think these are the games that the Dolphins are going to play in which they have a distinct advantage at the quarterback position in 2023, and it's about half the schedule. The Washington Commanders, second-year quarterback Sam Howell. Carolina Panthers, rookie quarterback Bryce Young, presumably, or Andy Dalton. The Las Vegas Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo. The New England Patriots twice with Mac Jones. The Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. The Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill. And the New York Giants with Daniel Jones. Those eight games, so half the schedule, more than half the schedule. Kyle does math live on the show. That always ends well. More than half the schedule, I think the Dolphins will have a decided advantage, assuming the availability of quarterback to a tongue below. And I can hear the pessimists now because I see you guys in the comments section. Oh, well, the offensive line stinks out loud and they're not going to be able to keep them upright. And again, some of the responsibility of being healthy and being available falls on Tua Tagovailoa as well. Because if you think about all three of the injuries that he incurred last season, they happened outside of the structure of the play. There was the throw on third down to convert a first down at the end of the first half against the Bills, in which he rolled out to his left and Matt Milano closed on him and pushed him to the ground. There was the shot play against Cincinnati in which he was definitively outside the pocket and had all the time in the world to decide to get the ball out of his hands and could not shake a nose tackle who tackled him to the ground. And then against Green Bay, again, was forced off his spot and forced to make a play. So I'm not disagreeing with the fact that the offensive line is a question, but I'm acknowledging that all of the discourse around Tua and being healthy And that durability, a lot of that responsibility falls on the quarterback. Yeah, if you're giving up free runners and you're you're busting and you're getting sacked in two seconds, fine. That's the offensive line's problem. But I think there were very avoidable opportunities that come back to the quarterback himself. And 
health and durability is not really the point of today's conversation anymore. We are all acknowledging history says two is going to miss a handful of games. But you can't pick and choose when they're coming. And instead, we're just going to take your best versus their best. Because, hey, look, Baltimore, they've had quarterback durability questions as well. Jimmy Garoppolo's missed a ton of time. Ryan Tannehill's been injured over the last couple seasons. Like, it, it cuts both ways, right? So we're just going to take the top guy on the depth chart and talk about the best versions of them because that's what's been collected to this point. And you can't predict quarterback injuries just like you can't predict injuries anywhere else. So, Sam Howell, fifth-round pick out of North Carolina. Washington um, put a lot of eggs in this basket. They've got Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback now, but uh, they seem to really like Howell. He played like 100 snaps last year, if that. I think it was actually less than that offensively. And played in North Carolina, which was a very, I don't want to call it a gimmicky offense, but it was very air raidy offense. And uh, I think he's probably a comparable athlete to Tua. He's comparable size to Tua. He's probably got a touch stronger arm, but I, I don't think from an instincts and a vision and a feel and an anticipation standpoint, he's anywhere near where Tua Tungvalu is, and that's why he went in the fifth round. So clear advantage there against Washington. Carolina, Bryce Young, rookie quarterback, no league experience. I think that speaks for itself. I also think Bryce Young is going to have a pretty challenging transition from the style of play in which he played at Alabama, which he was constantly holding the ball for more than three seconds per play, uh, to what he's going to be able to do in the NFL as an undersized passer. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I, I think you've seen the best of two of Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers offense, of course, uh, with Mike McDaniel when Mike McDaniel was there and under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, there's a reason that San Francisco has repeatedly gone to the well to try to replace him, and it's it's been because there's kind of a glass ceiling there with who he is. I think the scheme elevates him to a certain degree, but I think you watch Jimmy Garoppolo and the decision-making is not always great. The accuracy is not always great. The ball-handling skills are not as quick as Tua, so I don't think he's as accurate as Tua. I don't think he's as good of a ball-handler as Tua. I don't think he's as quick twitch as Tua with his footwork in the pocket. I You add all that up, there. there's a distinct advantage in my mind for the Dolphins. Uh, Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones, I think the player that he was his rookie season was about the ceiling of what you can get with Mac Jones. And that's fine. I, I think he's an adequate level starting quarterback in the NFL. I put Jimmy Garoppolo as an adequate level starter, and obviously Sam Howell is an incomplete evaluation, and, and Bryce Young is a uh, rookie player, so it's impossible to kind of gauge what kind of play you're going to get because he hasn't taken any snaps yet. But I think Mac Jones, uh, the challenge that he's going to have is, while, yes, they're going to have a very effective run game, they're going to be better schematically offensively this year, you get a bunch of non-separators in the passing game, and you're really going to have to bank on the play-action pass to create voids in the middle of the field. But I also don't think he's enough of an athlete in the same way that, that two is not really an athlete. I, th I think Mac has a slower release. I don't think he's as accurate. I don't think he has as many arm slots to throw out of effectively as Tua. Um so he's like to, I think, a traditional pocket passer, but doesn't have the ball handling skills, the quick twitch ability, um, and he's about the same kind of athlete, caliber of athlete. So I think there's some up, limited upside that I, I think Tua gets you more upside with than Mac Jones. 
Uh, Russell Wilson, who knows with the scheme change for Sean Payton and Miami's fortunate to draw them early in the year before they, they are probably able to gather their footing too much. But uh, Russell is a player who doesn't really like to throw over the middle of the field. He likes to take his shots outside and, and down the field. Um, it was so abysmally bad last year, and I understand some of that with scheme. And again, that's why you come back to all of the total sum of all the parts is a player that is not transcendent. And that's what's unfortunate about Russell Wilson is that discussion, I think, loses some of its context because Denver made the trade and paid a price that would give the impression that he is transcendent above that, and he's not. Um, but I think at this stage in his career with what he played with last year while acknowledging uh, the offensive line was not particularly good, but they also had a lot of plays in which Russell Wilson was responsible for taking his own pressures. Case in point, I don't think it's a coincidence. Let me make sure I get the numbers right here. Russell Wilson, for his career, has been sacked on 8.5% 8, of his dropbacks, 10.2% last year. He has over 5,200 dropbacks, 5,200 pass attempts, and he's sacked on 8.5% of all of those. It's been a consistent issue throughout his career. He has never had a season in which he's been sacked on less than 7%. So 7 to 105 10.7 was where he peaked in 2017 from sacks taken perspective. That's always been Russ. And say what you will about Tua Tungvaloa. Tua Tungvaloa, at this stage in his career, he's played three seasons in the NFL, and all three of those seasons, his sack percentage is between 4.9% and 6.5%. So Tua routinely takes less sacks with worse quarterback play. Now, that, I think that in avoiding negative plays in that regard plus having 23 career interceptions on 1,000 pass attempts. It's a 2.1% interception uh, percentage for Tua versus Russell Wilson. His interception percentage is effectively the same, 2%. So they, they target different areas of the field. Uh, but this is kind of your hope for what Tua can be from a build perspective. And the nice thing about Tua is if he gets that to, to that Russell Wilson status and it looks like he's there this year, from a build perspective, you can be a little bit more durable. We need to embrace who we are as a player and not get outside the pocket as much. Just get the ball out of our hands. But he targets more areas of the field than Russ does. So that's why I would put him in front of Russell Wilson. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously this speaks for itself. You've seen what Ryan Tannehill was with and without Derrick Henry, with and without the running game. And magically, we don't have A.J. Brown anymore. We're really limited with who we're throwing to on the outside, and we are no longer the player that quarterbacked the team that made an AFC playoff run, and we look much more like the limited player at the end of the Adam Gase era. I would take two uh, over that 10 times out of 10. And then the New York Giants. Uh, Brian Dayball really milked Daniel Jones all for he can, and I think Daniel Jones is on the precipice of potentially moving up uh, in the tiers based on uh, his skill set. Now, I, I don't think he's someone who feels pressure particularly well. Uh, he has had lapses in the past with turnovers, and that was better for him last year. But I, I would say from an athletic profile and arm strength perspective, Daniel Jones is a more attractive profile than Tua Tagovailoa, but at the same time, I think Tua, from an instinctual standpoint, is better. I think he's much more compact. I think he's got better ball security. Um, 
he's most definitively, again, if you're adding the sum of all the parts, his top three receivers are probably better than your top receiver, unless you're going to count Darren Waller as a tight end who has missed a, a tough amount of time to be owed $17 million this upcoming season. Their running game's not particularly well. I don't think they have as good of an offensive line. So I think, again, you take all the sum of the parts together, and I think the Dolphins' offense with Tua Tungvalu is much more attractive, even though the Giants with Brian Dable and Daniel Jones did a really nice job from a scheme perspective last year, uh, making the most out of a really limited situation. I just don't think they have enough horses to unlock Daniel Jones to potentially live up to being what the Giants with Dave Gettleman envisioned he would be when they made him a top 10 pick. I think the foundation's there to be a quality starter. I think right now he's an adequate level starter at the NFL. We're talking about those above and then the uh, group that the Dolphins quarterback situation lies amongst here to bring this episode of Locked on Dolphins to a close. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked on. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So we got 8 out of 14 below Miami's situation. There's only three that I would definitively put above Miami. Those are the Kansas City Chiefs. We already spoiled that one. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Obviously, the, the raw numbers and raw production speaks for itself. Uh, the, the turnovers last year was something that we are kind of watching because that was a question of his coming in, and then he had the big blow-up season that he had in 2020. And obviously had a throwing elbow injury last season. Uh, looked like that really inhibited him in the second half of the year. The playoffs happened the way that they did for Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I think the prolific production speaks for itself. He's a prototype build. He's a prototype athlete. He's a prototype arm. Uh, I just think there, there's enough there to definitively say that the, the Bills quarterback situation uh, has more margin for error, but even when accounting for all of the complementary pieces that, that add to the total sum, uh, Buffalo has a, a, a nod in my mind. And then the Philadelphia Eagles uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts, if you asked me this time last year, I would probably say uh, it's a coin toss. Tua made significant leaps from a production standpoint last year. Jalen Hurts, I think, made significant leaps as a passer last year. He's always been a better athlete. Obviously, Tua, going all the way back to Alabama, these two guys have been kind of attached at the hip. But uh, I think Jalen Hurts from a... Uh, the angles in which he can beat you, 
I think is more profound than, than where Tua. I think there's more stress put on you defensively with Jalen Hurts, with his ability as a runner, how dynamic he is as an athlete on designed runs and on undesigned runs with the quarterback position, plus the leaps that he took as a passer while obviously throwing to a really, really good wide receiver duo himself in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So uh, I think those three are, are out in front. I think those are the clear head and shoulders group. And that leaves uh, a group of five quarterback situations that I would put the Dolphins in the same bucket in, and you could list them in my mind whatever order you would like amongst these five teams, and I would hear you out. And, and those are the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, the L.A. Chargers with a new scheme and, and Kellen Moore uh, with Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets, uh, Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens, and then obviously the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa. What's interesting is I think you can look at all of them, and if you point to certain pieces of statistical perspective, the arguments are going to cut both ways. I think there's quarterbacks on this list, like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, who you have a great margin for error, margin for, error for over a long period of time to have success at the quarterback position because I think their physical gifts are surpassed that of Tua Tagovailoa. But again, just like Tua, the, the question for Tua was not, okay, what is he as a passer last year? It was, okay, there's a durability question. Well, Lamar Jackson has a durability question. And I think at this stage in their careers, um, or at least up through this past season, the scheme in L.A. was holding Justin Herbert back to some degree, in my mind. Now, there's also the crunch time discussion with Justin Herbert, and obviously, just like Jalen Hurts and Tua are tied at the hip, Justin Herbert and Tua will always be tied at the hip because they were the fifth and sixth overall picks, and there's no durability question for Justin Herbert, and he's putting up monster raw production. I get it. And if you want to leave in the comments section, the Dolphins screwed up, Chris Greer screwed up because they should have taken Justin Herbert at number five overall. It's like, okay, like that's... If that's what you're worried about in the year 2023, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's water under the bridge. It's done. It's how do you maximize the player you've committed to? And I think the Dolphins have done a really good job of that. I, I think the Dolphins arguably last season did a much better job of that than the Chargers did. Now, what Kellen Moore is going to bring to this offense, I, I think is a big level of entry. I think it's fortunate that the Dolphins are catching Justin Herbert in week one because there's the, the matter of installing and being comfortable with the offense. And that you, you really only get that when you start playing games. Uh, I think Tua Tungvaloa played the quarterback possession better than Aaron Rodgers did last year. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, particularly from an execution standpoint, was going through the motions. Um, a lot of misreads. A lot of, of just wanting to be aggressive and taking shots down the field based on coverage leverage, regardless of whether or not that was in the progression or whether or not that was the proper read. Uh, just alerting, just for the sake of alerting and taking shots down the field. How he refocuses himself with the Jets is going to be a big defining piece of what that Jets offense looks like this year. And then Dallas, I, I think... You know, Dax struggled with injuries in his own right to some degree. He missed almost a full season with a really ugly leg injury a few years back and was on pace to throw for 7,000 yards that season. Uh, and he's got CeeDee Lamb, and now he's got Brandon Cook, so I think that they've got a good supporting cast there as well. I think their offensive line is, is, is going to be highly effective. But what's the running game going to look like? Right now it's Tony Pollard and nothing. 
Um, and the Dolphins, obviously, their running game needs to be better this season as well. Uh, Dak is a better athlete, I think, although Dak is becoming more of a pocket passer uh, throughout his experience. Uh, I think Dak is a trajectory for Tua that, that we would probably be very happy with, not necessarily from a postseason wins perspective, but how he has evolved as a player from the time he came into the league and was very linear with ways he could beat you versus what he has become and the different ways that he has grown and matured as an NFL player. Those are my two cents. Uh, so I think there's three tier, three teams that you would put tiers in front of Miami's quarterback situation on the schedule that I think Miami, you'd go into the game and say they have a disadvantage the quarterback position. They're the two Bills games, the Chiefs game, and the Eagles game. I think there's eight games, the Giants, Titans, Broncos, Patriots twice, Raiders, Panthers, and Commanders that you go into that game assuming Tua Tungvalu is the quarterback and you say the Dolphins have a quarterback advantage in this game. And then there's another, it's Ravens once, Jets twice, Cowboys, Chargers, five games that you could say, yeah, it's, this is depending on the week, depending on the scheme, depending on the matchup, depending on who's available. Uh, it's probably a coin toss. It's very close. And that, that puts Miami in a position to be competitive this season. We're looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Uh, we are going to do coaching staffs with this exercise as well. We might take a little break, go do something else, and then come back to coaching staffs. But you're going to make sure you keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. Either way, it's your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. I'm Kyle Krabs. Shout out to the everydayers. I'm out of here. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Come back and see us then. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 